Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello, Freckled Foodie fam, and welcome back to a solo episode I shared a bit about this topic in my stories this past weekend, and holy shit, my DMs were on fire. So many of you clearly resonate and experience something similar, and I got a lot of people being like, holy fuck, I've never heard someone talk about this. I thought I was the only one, which obviously you aren't on anything you feel. As you know, you are not alone. Um, But I think this topic is a very interesting one, and personally one that I am very interested in unpacking because I think there's a lot to unpack and something that I'm still working on and constantly working on. And I think that those are, those topics, I guess, are the ones that are really more like real time when I share, I think resonates with you all more. I don't have the answers. I'm going to share what I experienced, what some of you guys submitted, things that do help me answer some of your questions. So we're going to walk through this all together. But the topic, as you know now by the subject of the show, is like anxiety slash overstimulation induced anger, we will call it. So let's let's dive in to this very intense topic. Come on in, take a seat, pour a drink, pass one to me. Freckled foodie and friends, talking about life's odds and ends. Throw away your hesitations, have unfiltered conversations. If you've got an ear to lend, here's Freckled Foodie and Friends. So I'm going to set the scene, set the stage, whatever, of what went down this weekend and what caused this Instagram post that then led to all of these DMs, excuse me, all these DMs and now this episode. So Saturday morning, um, it was our like weekend in the city. That's not common for us in the summer. And so I really wanted to have this like great day. All right. So what we had laid out was we were going to go for a walk and then... Liam was going to nap and then eventually we were going to go to family brunch and then play with Liam. Liam was going to nap again and then we were going on a date night. And I want to also say that for me, a lot of when this comes up, the anger, frustration is twofold. One, it's when I am overly anxious and overly stimulated and we'll get into what that looks like. And two, it's when expectations do not meet reality. And this has been a historic thing for me. Like for as long as I can remember, this has been something I struggle with where 
I have very high expectations for something, and if it doesn't go the way that I want it to, or I see it's not headed in that direction, I start spiraling, and I'm like, well, then everything's ruined. So fucking intense, so unnecessary, so not true, but have fun telling my brain that, because that bitch thinks differently. Um, And Saturday, when we woke up, I was so excited for this day, but I woke up like really tired. I don't even know what I did Friday night. I honestly do not even remember. I don't think we did anything. Um, But I just woke up tired and from like off the bat, I was in a frustrated mood, which I don't like. Oh, okay. This is another thing that plays into it. And one of the things that helps me so much that did not happen this day. I'm toying with this like confusing feeling of I want to sleep in, but at the same time, getting up before Liam sets me up for such a better mental day. And I'm constantly like, well, should I sleep in? I want the sleep. But then when I do, I'm like, why the fuck did I sleep in? This is why I wake up early. So I slept in and that meant that like I woke up to Liam waking up around like 7.15, get him out of his crib and then like while I'm giving him his bottle, while I'm playing with him, all this stuff and Joe's dealing with Charlie, I'm also trying to like enter my day, which means I didn't have time alone to myself to just sit with my feelings, to journal. And I know this sounds so fucking dumb and I totally understand But like when people ask why I meditate or why I journal, it's not because I see people on Instagram doing it. It's not because I'm trying to be that girl. It's because I don't want to fucking snap when my child throws food on the ground. It's because I don't want to scream when Charlie barks at something in the hallway. Like that is why I do those things because it sets me up for such a better mental space for the day. And I didn't do them that day. So Joe and I are like trying to get ready and we wanted to go for a family walk. Um, We're headed out the door and we decide to put Liam in his like Duna trike thing. It's like a bicycle like stroller situation and it's super cute for him. However, there's like no storage so you can't put stuff to like distract him if he gets aggravated on the walk like a book, his water, all those other things. Um, It is really fucking hard to steer, like very hard to steer and he's like stuck in that one position, right? But we thought he he likes it. It's just that we were going for a long walk. Liam was just in a fussy mood, which is not common for him. So I think that also set me off. Not set me off, but it played into this. And so we're on this walk and this is what I posted. I took a photo of us as we were leaving the building. Charlie was like so cute wanting to be next to Liam. And like in that moment, it was a cute picture. What transpired over the next hour was not cute and was not what people normally are showing on Instagram, I guess. I don't know. So what I posted on Instagram was the photo and I said like cute family walk except for what happened the next hour was really I felt this like intense anxiety overstimulation induced anger. And it was between every time Charlie pulled or like lunged at another dog, I was about to lose it. Um, at anytime Joe like accidentally steered the trike like into me, I was like, like if you know you know I don't know how to explain I'll try to unpack the feelings um Liam whining and crying and reaching for me saying up when I can't take him up because we're on like we're a mile away from home all of these things so I was just like in my own head the whole walk and as we're getting off the west side highway to go home I said to Joe I feel so fucking anxious and overstimulated that like I want to just scream like I have a rage bubbling up in me and he's like why don't I take Liam home and you go for a little solo extended walk with Charlie and that was exactly what I needed and like inherently if I could have realized that I need that it's not like Joe's a magician um 
But I went on the like extended 20-minute walk, just Charlie and I, and I got home and I felt so much better. And when I posted that, there were was a lot of feedback of like, oh my God, talk about this topic more or how did Joe – like not you're so lucky, but it's like, oh my God, Joe knows how to say that. And obviously I want to give Joe credit. He's an incredible partner to me. But I also like – that's unrealistic for us to just believe that like people will somehow magically know what we want. Like that tick that took what we've been together for 15 years, 15 years of work through many of my breakdowns and lots of communication, lots of discussions, lots of arguments, lots of tears, more on my end, um, working through all of this for him to know what works for me. And again, that's a topic that we're going to unpack in this episode. But I just felt this feeling of I'm going to fucking lose it. Like a tea kettle that's ready to like, you know, the steam is bubbling, bubbling and like the thing's about to blow and like make the sound. That's how I felt. And unfortunately came back later in that night and I actually have a piece of it on video because I was filming for a sponsored TikTok for later that night, which I think has to do with why it triggered so much in that moment. Um, but I was filming doing my makeup and I forgot it was still recording. So I have like not a nine minute clip of just the wall, but you can hear everything. And it's a lot of silence because a large part of the video is like, we're just lying in bed looking at Liam, but you can hear me and I have to talk to Joe about whether I'm going to share it. But basically I like set off again and I hate when I do this and watching it. I'm like, oh God, that's such ugly behavior. But you know, Joe asked me a simple thing that triggered something in me and I responded just like snapped. And he's then like, like, do you not want to go? And I'm like, I want to go. I just feel like on our date, I just feel like 10,000 things. I'm being pulled in 10,000 directions. I feel so overstimulated. I feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulders. And, you know, he says later in the video, he's like, it just feels like, very bad vibes in here and I'm like okay well what what can we do to change it because now this is what I hate I then and I think a lot of you can uh relate to this is it's one thing when I am anxious overstimulated angry and snap I I, I don't like that but then it spirals into of course, he's frustrated then because he's like, well, what is this behavior? And then the mood is kind of off. And then it's like, well, how do we get back? And now I fucked everything up. And then I'm like guilting myself and I'm angry at myself for ruining this mood and this potential night. And it's just a spiral of not helpful emotions. Um And that's where my brain goes often. And again, it's not helpful. We eventually did go on the date we said, I was like, all right, you know what? We need a no pants dance party. We all happen to be in our underwear and a t-shirt. And I was like, we need to just dance, pick a song. He put on Whitney Houston. I went dance with somebody and we fucking jammed out the three of us. And I was like, now that was not only, and this is what I'm happy about in that moment. Okay, fine. We changed our mood. That's awesome. We had a date. We had such an amazing time. But also that became, there was a clear path that could have, like divided path in that moment. It could have turned into a blow up fight where I'm screaming at him being like, you know, well, now you're in a bad mood and I'm frustrated, blah, blah, blah. And like him getting frustrated with me or what we chose to do 
is we actually, in my opinion, made a core memory for Liam. Because then what Liam will take away from that experience is our voices were never raised. And we had a really fun three-minute dance party as a family. Like, in my opinion, he will walk away from that with a positive experience. Who the fuck knows if he'll remember any of this? But I do think that the home you were raised in plays a massive role in this. And that's a topic that we're going to dissect as well. So the history of me feeling like this is honestly, I felt like I definitely had it a lot in my early 20s when my anxiety was bad. But then I think like it kind of got a little better when I started this like mental health journey and then postpartum set it up again. Because for me, it's the overstimulation. Yes, I have anxiety. I'm well aware of that. But the overstimulation, I think, for me is rooted in having ADH or ADD, um, which I was diagnosed as a kid or when I was younger. I was given a prescription medication. I didn't like it, so I never went on it. And now, honestly, I think my ADD has like suddenly taken a massive, I don't know, uptick or whatever in postpartum it's been very eye-opening for me and something I want to continue to unpack but for me it's this overstimulation, and that comes from when I am constantly trying to do 10,000 things at once like we are not meant to multitask and in this role I'm living in right now and many of you can relate whether you are postpartum or not when you're trying to do so many things at once It feels like you're not getting anything done. If you are, it's not getting done 100%. And it just feels overwhelming in the sense that like the list is never ending. It's not ever going to be complete. I just feel like there's so much to do. So then there's this one small thing that fucking sets me off. And the sound overstimulation of it all is like... If the TV's playing, if I'm trying to work, if Instagram stories are playing, if I'm also listening to a podcast and then Charlie's barking and Liam saying up, up, up or whining or throwing his food, like those things all together are recipe for disaster in my freaking mind. So I want to dive into and I want to be very clear when I say like anger, rage, I'm not actually like doing anything with these feelings. And I talked about this with my therapist this morning. It's more so that I just feel this need to fucking scream. And like, I don't know. I think I grew up kind of an angry person. I'm going to read this story because one of you submitted something that is fucking spot on to a T for me. All right. So thank you to everyone who submitted stories and questions. I picked a few to include. Sometimes my speech impediment comes out when I read these things and I don't have time to like edit a ton because it's Monday. So just bear with me. Okay. One of you submitted and this is a long one, but it really is important. I just last week had a huge realization and breakthrough as to why I am so bothered at times with overstimulation causing some anxiety and definitely rage stemming from my childhood. I grew up in a home with two older sisters and my parents who just celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary. Relatively happy, except there has always been lots of conflict and noise and chaos in the small house. Constant yelling, nagging, and screaming is just how we communicated with each other and how often my parents, particularly my mom, who's highly anxious but not medicated, still communicates with my dad. We couldn't all leave the house together to go for to go 
without a screaming match about being late or wearing the wrong thing. For the last 12 years, I've lived six hours away, but notice that when I'm visiting my parents, I'm so easily triggered to get angry and scream at my parents to stop when they have a little argument, particularly when the noise level in the house is already high. TV, barking dogs, etc. Something just comes over me like the Hulk. I match their intensity, and most of my friends don't even realize I have the ability to get that mad. I'm usually a pretty relaxed, funny person. My husband and I do not fight very often, and when we do, it is rare that voices are raised. Part of this is due to a very open communication and a will to discuss things calmly before I get too heated. I want my baby daughter to grow up in a peaceful home, and I believe my husband and I are well on to building that building well on our way to building it in our home he has even noticed that when i'm at my parents house i get irritated very easily but it doesn't happen as much when they visit us maybe because my home is now my safe quiet space even when my noisy parents are here it does happen occasionally on days when i'm feeling anxious and even something like my husband playing music just makes my anxiety skyrocket i'm only now realizing it is sending my overwhelmed brain back into the chaotic state i grew up in the rage has bubbled up at times with my dog and i'm worried it will in the future with my little girl but i'm trying my best to find ways to deal with it i realize that what bothers me the most is not is the chaotic nature of the environment things that did not need to be chaotic were because of the constant stress and anxiety causing arguing and noise i'm a nicu nurse and i do extremely well in emergencies under immense pressure and i actually cut pressure and i actually kind of love it i realize that chaos for a purpose does not overwhelm my brain but chaos with no reason makes me crazy holy fuck I have never, I responded to this person and I was like, A, thank you so much for sharing and being part of the Freckle Foodie family, but B, this is me to a T, minus the whole NICU nurse thing. Um, Like, this is spot on. And I wanted to read it because I resonate so much with it. But also, it was honestly eye-opening for me because I helped it, I think it helped me unpack some stuff. So, my childhood was so fucking blessed and privileged and I'm so grateful for my upbringing. That being said, my parents, like, we, I lived in a chaotic house. There was a lot of love, but every emotion was high. The love, the anger, the frustration. And it was chaotic. I don't think that that's unfair to say. And I don't think anyone would disagree in my family. Um, a lot of yelling, a lot of screaming, a lot of going from zero to 60 back to zero, which is so confusing for me still. Um and just a lot of intense emotions. I think that's the best way to say it. And tons of overstimulation. And this is so interesting because one of these things, overstimulation examples, is that there's always music playing in my parents' house. Always. Always over like the Sonos everywhere. And we never have music playing in our house. And I honestly think part of it is that reason where it sends my brain back into like this chaotic state of like overstimulation with noise. And it's interesting because my older sister actually always has music, even though she, well, she married a DJ. So I guess that's kind of more him than her. But either way, I just feel like my childhood was very loud. And this is something I've actually been talking with my mom a bit about is like, Obviously, everyone knows how fucking much I love my mom, but there is some like anger in there for her. Um, and similarly with my dad, and I just don't think it's always processed in the best way is a safe way of saying this. And again, this is hard, you guys. I love you all so much, and I'm trying to share in an honest way, but obviously, like, my family doesn't always sign up for these fucking, like, they didn't sign up to be in this weird small corner of the public eye so I'm trying to share my experience without like hurting anyone um but 
I have definitely had a hard time with this as I've gotten older because I was always like the angry child. I was angry. And I actually have a perfect example for you that is so embarrassing for me, but I'm going to share it. Um, But I was angry. And when I go back to my parents' house, I turn into sometimes this little angry 13-year-old bitch. And I hate it. It was one of the hardest parts, not hardest parts, because that completely negates what the world was going through. But something I struggled with during that like peak lockdown of early COVID when I was living with my parents is that I felt I was going insane because I thought I was completely um, regressing or I don't know what the word is, but going back into this like 13 year old brain state of when I lived with my parents and I was an angry little bitch. And I hate snapping at my parents. I hate being mean to them. I hate fighting with them. But sometimes when I'm back in their home, it almost sparks that because I feel like I'm then living in that role again. And something that I've been struggling with with my mom that we've talked through and are on a better page now of, but when she, when they come into my space, it is a lot of chaotic energy. And that's not the vibe I want in our home. And we live in an apartment, so it's not like I can completely escape and go onto a different floor of a house or whatever. Um And so when she would babysit Liam sometimes, I would get so worked up and overwhelmed because it just felt like the energy level was so much higher and I just don't operate well on that level. It's like a fight or flight of constantly being on the verge of like, like something bad is happening when nothing bad is actually happening. Um, So this also, like I do so well in emergencies under immense pressure. I know that about myself. And I also think that that's why I did so well at, my old job in sales and trading, it was it was intense pressure, fast paced, nowhere compared to a NICU nurse, but I just mean an elevated level of intensity from like normal day. And I think I did so well in that. And if you want to even parlay it into sports, because the intensity of the environment I grew up in where I was able to like succeed and, and do well in chaos. However, I also think that that was the downfall of my career there because unlike her saying that there was chaos for a purpose because she's a NICU nurse, I couldn't really find the purpose of the chaos at my job. Like, obviously, I understand why it's chaotic, but I, it's not that nearly, you know, there's a clear good-hearted purpose of a NICU nurse. Don't feel the same about the sales and trading. Um And I just do not do well with chaos for no reason. And I think that's why I've changed so many aspects of my life over the past five years because I've noticed that about myself. So if you're like, really, you were a mean little girl, which I personally don't find shocking. Um, Some of my later friends in life are like, I don't understand when you talk about this past version of you. I can't even wrap my mind around it. I don't know how you guys feel, but I found a high school journal. This is so fucking awful. Um, I found a journal that I shared with my best friend, who is still one of my best friends. And we used to rotate who had it. It's awful. Awful. We hate ourselves for everything we wrote in here. It actually makes me want to throw up when I read it. Um, Lizzie is me. I'll take the blame for all of this. I'm just a mean person about other people. It's like gossip, anger, you know, a lot of that. There is a page... When I read this, my entire body cringes. I honestly just want to crawl into a hole and be like, I cannot believe this is you. But I'm writing this page. 
It's January 29th, 2006. I'm really <laughs> mad at my parents. I'm watching The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, and I write in all caps, I fucking hate my parents. I don't know. I guess they grounded me, which I'm confused because I've never been grounded, but maybe they said I'm not allowed to go out to something. Whatever. And I write, okay, I'm in a very angry mood right now. I'm going to express my anger on this page. And I'm talking about someone specifically that I guess I was mad at. I, it's stupid drama. I don't fucking know. But in all caps, I write, motherfucker, cocksucker. Please, oh, my God. Sorry. If you have kids, please turn this off. Motherfucker, cocksucker, bitch, butt, fuck, slut, motherfucking pussy, cunt. In all caps. Phew. Okay. Now that's out. I'm going to go watch my movie. What is wrong with you? So many fucking things that you unpack later in life, I guess, girlfriend. Um, But like that was my proof to my therapist where I was like, no, no, no. There is anger that lives in this person. Um, And I still feel it, clearly. This is why we're doing this episode. Um, Yeah, okay. So that's me just completely reading a very shameful thing about myself. Um, Another submission that you, one of you submitted. I think part of this anger and rage is projecting my feelings that I don't speak out loud that I don't speak out loud onto things my partner does that normally I could let go. But when my anxiety is high, I hyper-focus on those things, possibly as a way to escape from what's actually bothering me. Usually he responds with, what's wrong? Which for some reason seems to make me even more angry. We are still working through on how to communicate through these moments, but for a start, it takes a lot of self-reflection on my part. If I'm not in tune with my feelings, I often find myself falling into this pattern. When I am in tune with my feelings, then I can recognize when I am projecting and can communicate that with him. This means taking care of myself, walking, journaling, doing my nightly tea to help me. Okay, this is exactly what I mean. You have to fill your cup because when my cup is empty, I am angry and it's not good for anyone. And it's really hard to step away to make these moments for yourself to wake up earlier so that you have time for yourself to meditate or journal, to I don't know, take 5 minutes away from doing something to meditate. Like all of these things Filling your cup, going for a walk, choosing to say no to a social event so that you can like regroup yourself. It's so important because when we don't do it, the little thing set us off. And the video I mentioned earlier, the thing that set me off was that Joe asked if I would like trim the back of his hair, which is not a big deal at all. I do get frustrated by how often I somehow have to do this. Um, But he was just like, can you do it? But because I was frustrated and because I was trying to do so many things, watch Liam film this fucking TikTok for sponsor content and he asked me I'm like I no I don't want to freaking do it and I snapped at him and I whatever but it's then the small things that normally would not bother me it's not these like big things that are happening that are upsetting me it's the very small things it's the Charlie pulling on the leash it's the Charlie barking at something in the hallway it's Liam throwing his food on the floor it's Joe asking me to do a small thing for him it's those things that are like the final straw on the camel's back, which is why I think it is so important to speak the little emotions instead of letting them turn into big things. So what this looks like for me, when I am not frustrated, I speak out my feelings. So when Joe asks me to trim his hair and I'm not frustrated, I say, sure, but in the future, he seems to always ask me when like I'm doing something and that does bother me. I say, okay, 
sure, but can we do this when I'm not doing something or do we have to do this this, off, this often or can you maybe learn to do this so that I don't need to do it for you? Um, speaking those emotions, same thing with, I'm trying to think of other examples that like I can't really speak my emotions to Charlie or Liam yet, but with your partner or with your family, when you're not in that heightened state of frustration saying, this little thing might bother me down the road if I'm already frustrated. So next time, can you X, Y, Z? I also think that having the conversations about little things that are frustrating you is so important because then hopefully they happen less when you are in a highly frustrated mood. The other thing is we can't just magically expect people to know how to react to us. For instance, most people love being hugged when, or like you would think someone would like a hug if they're highly anxious or whatever. I usually, there are times where I do, I usually do not like being touched. For me to just believe that somehow Joe would know that is unrealistic. That's living in a fantasy. He can't read my mind. I wish he could, but he can't. So like I have historically tried to speak out to him what helps me, whether it's in the moment or later reflecting back. So saying things like, I don't like when you ask what's wrong because sometimes I can't pinpoint it. Or I don't like being touched when I'm anxious. Can you ask, do you want a hug or no? Because then I can clearly say yes if there's a small chance that I do, but most of the time I will say no. Or, you know, things like, can you ask, do you want my opinion or do you just want to vent? Um, Do you want advice or are you just looking for an ear to listen? Things like that. Or do you want me to make the decision? Sometimes I just need him to decide and tell me what we're doing because I feel overwhelmed by decision fatigue. So those little things. What I will say is that I personally struggle a lot when the roles are reversed. Because this happens way less on his end, I do not handle it well. And this is something I'm really working on. When people in my life, I think it it triggers something for me from feeling overwhelmed by like intense emotions as a kid where I just want to like shut down and be like, oh my God, I hate this. And that's not fair because if he's going to support me when I have these moments of anxiety, frustration, overwhelm, like obviously I I can't be a hypocrite. I want to be there for him too. What I struggle with a lot is if, you know, you call it the vibe is off, right? If the vibe is off or if I'm in a bad mood, I want him to help me get out of it and help make the mood better and so we can move on. And he does that. And I do not do a good job of that. I get in this mindset of like, oh my God, why are you in a bad mood? Like, fuck, now everything's ruined. I spiral as if I was the one in a bad mood and starting the spiral again. So that's something that I'm actively working on. No one is fucking perfect, okay? No relationship is perfect. There are still so many things that we are working on. And specifically, that's one that I am trying to be better at. All right, on that note, another one of you sent in a submission. My son is three weeks older than Liam, and I really identified with your post on this and read the ones about communication to my husband. I usually end up boiling over and getting really cross with my husband and missing the opportunity to have the conversation and rectify it before it goes too far. I had the perfect opportunity for this this morning to explain where some of my feelings stem from as we were going to meet my mother-in-law for brunch. So as usual, I was running around making sure my son had water, snacks, a bib, the right clothes for the weather, sunscreen, etc., etc., etc. After I had also spent my me time, quote unquote, this morning planning his meals for the week and ordering all of our foods from Whole Foods. 
I've discussed with my husband the pressure that comes from being the default parent, what it feels like for me when we are overscheduled, so I thought about using what was going on this morning as a calm time to explain that that's what often gets me riled up particularly when I don't feel he even notices. But I just couldn't find the words and I didn't think it would make a difference slash I didn't want it to make me feel even more annoyed. There are two basic things that I need for my husband. For him to share the load and at least appreciate all that I'm doing and for him to compliment me and make me feel desired. Maybe this all comes down to being appreciated but I've asked so many times so where do I go from here? I feel like I'm being clear on what I need yet nothing ever changes. It feels like it's also relevant to add that I have the more full-time job and the breadwinner in our relationship and that just contributes to me feeling like everything is on my shoulders, but I don't want to make him feel bad by mentioning that. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. I want to say first and foremost that I highly relate and resonate with the beginning of this, especially of the like running around, making sure this is ready, that's ready, this, like all of those things. The mental load of parenting is exhausting. And if you're the default parent, it is so fucking tiring. And look, I think there's always going to be a default parent. I know a lot of people might hate that statement, but like I think you can try and delegate as much as possible and split, but I do think there's always going to be one default parent. Majority of the time, is it the mom in a heterosexual relationship? Yes. Does it have to be? No. Um, For me, what helps in this, and I did a full episode on this about the division of labor, is making sure that, okay, if I'm taking on those things, then he is absolutely taking on things so that they're not even on my plate. Those look like loading and unloading, running the dishwasher, doing the laundry, vacuuming, um, all of the bottles being washed and put away. Like those are uh, taking out the trash, taking out the recycling, taking out Liam's diaper situation, the bath time and nighttime routine, like things that I don't ever have to think about because the more that's on our plate – the more overwhelmed we are and the easier we're going to snap. And that is a reality. And so there has to be things that you you can delegate and not even think about. Am I still the default parent? Yes. Is it still exhausting? Of course. I think parenting in general is exhausting. However, him taking on tasks that I no longer have to waste brain space on has been so fucking helpful. I also think, unfortunately, there's a lot of resentment in postpartum. And... I'm talking about that right now with a lot of my friends who are in the early stages of postpartum when I felt it the most. You have just gone through speaking to the birthing person so much. Nine months of carrying a child, the actual labor, then the act of healing your body from a very serious procedure – If you're choosing and able to breastfeed, then so much of like your body is now serving a completely different purpose and it's not actually like for you. It's now to sustain and keep another life alive and the hormones, everything, it is so, so much. And in a heterosexual relationship, the husband is just kind of there. Like they orgasm and nine months later they become a dad. That's unfortunately, the reality. And I think there's a availability for them to take on more and become way more involved and carry some of that load. But at the end of the day, if you are the one who just went through that entire process, a lot is happening to you physically that can't be ignored. And I do think there's a lot of resentment because a part of them are just able to like, con- like yes, they became a dad and yes, there's responsibility, but their body didn't go through anything. They're able to kind of just 
do whatever the fuck they want when it comes to the physical aspect of things, which is so confusing when you're in early postpartum. I struggled intensely with resentment. And I think that maybe that's something you're experiencing right now. I think exactly what you said, the two basic things you need from your husband, I don't know if those exact things have been laid out for him, but you need to vocalize those words. I need you to share more of a load. I need you to take on these tasks. Delegate the tasks, okay? Also, like, the feeling appreciated is something that Joe and I have had long talks about because both of us have felt underappreciated at times. And there's a difference, in my opinion, between the default parent always saying thank you if the other parent's doing a small thing because then you feel like you're thanking them for just being a parent. But acknowledging of, like, when you did that, that was really helpful. And I think you can say that to him. Like, I would like you to acknowledge more appreciation to what I'm doing because it makes your life a lot fucking easier. And that is the reality. When it also comes down to the other point of him complimenting you and making you feel desired, I think that's somewhat related, somewhat of a different discussion. But I know it feels really vulnerable and icky and uncomfortable to say these things. But we have to vocalize how we feel. We cannot just like create this world where someone knows exactly what we want. Say the, that exact thing. I want to feel more desired. I want you to compliment me more. Tell me I look beautiful. Tell me what you're thinking. Tell me these things. Like, if that's what you want to hear, sometimes we ask and then hope for the change. And if the changes aren't happening, then I think there's more follow-up conversation of you being like, I've made it really clear what I want and I need to know why you aren't delivering. Like, I need to know what is stopping you from doing those small things that I'm asking. And I think that's a great follow-up conversation. Um, and regards to the like breadwinning and being the default parent, that is a fucking lot on you. And that's a lot to undertake. And another reason why something should be taken off your plate. And, you know, I struggle with this being the default parent, but we're a 50-50 providing family. It's confusing. It's hard. And I think the salary aspect confuses every part of a relationship when you sit down and look at like who's doing what. But I think that if you're working in a corporate or whatever world and you're working a lot of hours and you're also doing all of these things you need help and like that's that's not a understatement and I think it's very fair for you to say that um all right I want to talk about or I want to answer some of the questions that you guys submitted someone asked how do you identify what is triggering you um, I can't always identify it, but a lot of it comes down to the overstimulation. If I've been consuming a lot of like short form social media, if I'm high wired and I haven't done my grounding practices, if there's a lot of noise in the apartment of things, whether it be, you know, this is why Liam does not have battery operated toys. This isn't some like Montessori style parenting. This is because the sound makes me want to fucking lose my mind. And that is why no toy has batteries or is ever on. Um, but I think it's, it's really sitting down and taking a second and being like, what is causing all of these things? And I don't know how to put that into verbalization, but I, honestly, I think it's from a history of so many blowups and unpacking them after the fact of being like, what was it that caused that one thing to make me snap? And usually you can notice if you're thinking about your relationship, you can think about the fact that like maybe small things have been bothering you. And then that final one was the thing that made you be short with them. So then unpacking those small things, why do they bother you? How can you change them? How can you verbalize this to your partner, family, friends, etc.? 
um, how do you go about starting the conversation with your partner that that's what's wrong and you're not just a wretched bitch? I feel like I have a hard time admitting it and I just try to push through. Uh, vulnerability. You just got to admit it. Um, and I'll say to Joe, I'm a fucking raging bitch right now. I am so sorry. I'm so overstimulated. I'm really anxious. I need a fucking second to myself. Those exact words. And because we've had these conversations, he knows that I really need that time to myself. And that's when he encourages me to go do these things that help, which I'm going to list out. Um, and I know it's uncomfortable to admit. I think I, uh, my therapist was actually just talking about this with me. I almost like overshare as a default um, healing mechanism or coping mechanism, which isn't always the best. You know, I am entitled to keep things to myself, but that's more for my job. I think with your partner, you should be saying these things in a vulnerable, honest way. Um, how to bring up the combo so they don't get defensive. It's not because you're not saying, okay, this is the thing I think that's the most helpful. Using language like when you do X, it makes me feel Y instead of I hate when you do X. Do like, let's take the, the, the thing of Joe needing me to turn the back of his hair. Okay. When he asks me this, it's not like an annoying, it's, he's not doing anything wrong with this request. But when he asks me and I'm already doing something else, it makes me feel like I'm responsible for everything. And it makes me feel like he doesn't value whatever I was doing in the moment because he's asking me to meet his needs rather than focusing on what I was doing. Okay, wow, I just really unpacked that real time. Um, so I say, I need to go tell him this because I don't think I've ever said this to him. When you ask me to do that and I'm doing something else, it makes me feel like you do not value what I'm doing with my time and that your needs have to be met first. Oh my God, sign me fuck up for being a therapist for myself. But I, that's, I think, how you bring up the conversation of being like, hey, I want to work on myself. I don't want to get in these moods. I don't want to snap. I don't want to be short. I don't want to be angry. So when you do this, it makes me feel this way. And that is why I react in XYZ. I don't want to react in XYZ. So instead of doing that behavior you're doing that's triggering me, can you maybe try to do this? Um, how to address things not directly in the moment. Let's say we're at a party and we can't address an issue in the moment. Mm, this is hard and I am not good at it, you guys. I would say if something's bothering you, like, they, okay, I'll take this for example. Um, Two weekends ago, we went to the beach. It was the first time going down to the beach. Liam was in a really, really fussy mood. We did not sleep because I was up all night with him. We obviously now know he had a raging double ear infection, so that's why he was so upset. But it was just a lot of overstimulation. We were we got to the beach for the first time this summer, so like we had to navigate where everything was, find like the diapers, the cloths, make sure we unpacked everything, put everything away, all this stuff. Such first fucking world problems, I'm aware. But I felt very overstimulated. And... I was frustrated with Joe because I, I think I went to go walk Charlie and he was frustrated that I didn't tell him where the bottles were so he couldn't find the bottle to give Liam his bottle at night. I didn't have my phone and I was kind of like, well, why can't you fucking figure it out? Like, why do I have to do everything? That's not fair because I put them away. He doesn't know where they are. But in my mind, that's where I go to. And I don't like fighting, especially in public or with my parent, like family. And my mom came up to me and she was like, what's the matter? I was like, nothing. I'm just annoyed. I'm just annoyed. And she's like, okay, well, I don't like when you guys are in a bad mood. And I was like, well, mom, I don't like it either, but I understand. And I just walked up to him and I was like, I think we need to talk, but I, I don't think we have the space to do it tonight. Can we just hug and move on for the rest of the night and we'll have this conversation tomorrow? And he was like, yeah. And do I think that's the healthiest? I honestly don't know. 
I'm not a professional in this field, but it works for us because I don't think that like the public aspect of fighting unpacking is, is healthy. I don't know if healthy is the right word. I do not like watching it speaking from experience of my childhood. I'll tell you that much. I'm like, can you guys go deal with this on your own? Um, and I'm not saying sweep it under the rug at all because I do not like that mentality, but maybe just sidebar it for a further conversation unless it's like something very serious. Um, okay. How do you let someone help you in moments like these and show the vulnerability without just snapping? Kind of like I said, I think my default is almost to just like really put my cards out on the table to a flaw sometimes, but I notice that the more vulnerable I am in our relationship, the better we are as a couple and the happier I am. And the more that I hold things in and let things fester and keep to myself because I'm scared to admit them, it just causes a lot of confusion for me mentally and more arguments than I would like. And there are times where like, if I'm keeping something to myself for a time period, like I just go a little, Still mental. Um, okay. What is your plan for how to articulate this as Liam gets older? This is something I've been thinking about a lot because, look, kids are not easy. And there's a lot of overstimulation that comes with them and a lot of questions and a lot of everything. And I don't want to be a person that snaps at my child whatsoever. So I think what we'll have the conversation of is, A, I want to make sure that he is being raised in a house with like high emotional intelligence where we talk about our feelings. And that's something that Joe and I do a lot, even with him. So I think that we need to just say like, hey, Liam, mommy is a little overwhelmed right now. I just need a beat to get back into the way I want to feel, I don't know, because I don't want to say like happier mood because then that means I'm like sad and I don't want to think I'm sad. But like mommy needs a second to herself, okay? Mommy needs to fill up her cup. I hate that I'm fucking calling myself mommy, you guys. But you know what I mean? I, like Liam, I just need a second to fill up my cup. Can we take a beat? And you guys are probably laughing if you have older kids. Like what type of kid do you think is going to listen to you and just shut up for a second? But I don't know. You know, there's hope. Also, Liam's a very old soul. It's honestly interesting. But Maybe saying like, Liam, make it a fun thing. Hey, let's do a five. <laughs> Anyone with a toddler or a kid older than me is going to laugh in my face at this. But like, hey, let's do something fun. We're going to do a five minute meditation or, oh, let's draw out our feelings. So like involving him in the experience. I don't know. Um, this is going to be something I, I, I feel like I can't give advice because I, I have no idea what's happening in that moment. So stay tuned, I guess. S stick around, girlfriend. Um, okay. This is a longer episode than usual. I've been rambling a lot. Clearly, I have a lot to say, but things that help me. Okay. Number one, noise canceling headphones. And I'll post links to these things in the show notes. But I have the like Beats. I know that Apple has a pair out right now that everyone on TikTok wears. Evidently, I'm not trendy. I bought the Beats instead, but they were cheaper. Um, Noise-canceling headphones for when I am either working so that I can't hear other people or – and obviously like someone is caring for Liam at that time. Or if I'm like, I need five minutes to myself, can you watch him and – 
doing something like noise canceling headphones just blocks out the rest which helps me um brown noise i will link the youtube that i listen to when i am working i have this on 24 7 on my noise canceling headphones it is so freaking helpful to me a five minute meditation download the apps calm headspace whatever you got to do even if it's mantra based just five minutes screaming into a pillow let me tell you underrated like when was the last time you screamed at the top of your lungs it feels fucking amazing so scream into a pillow alone time outside if you live in a house where you can just like step outside and put your feet in the grass god i can't wait to live in jersey but like do something like that just to spend a minute or two outdoors get the fuck off your phone get off your phone. It does not help. I don't care how much your brain wants to scroll on TikTok or Instagram. It is only going to make things worse. Um, My therapist just told me this. Relaxing your pelvic floor is supposed to help with like the physical aspect of anxiety. So you can try and focus on relaxing your pelvic floor. Um, A morning routine. It is, I said this before, it's why I meditate. It's why I journal. It's why I do those things in the morning. It's why I get up before Liam because I don't want to snap at the small things. That is why I do it. Um, So finding a morning routine that works for you. Speaking of journal, the mad happy journal, I cannot say enough things about positive. I wish that was sponsored. I wish I was working with them. A girl can dream, but I fucking love their journal. And dancing. I have the playlist of Wake and Shake. Um, any song that you guys love, like just fucking dance. Look like a lunatic. Who the hell cares? It, it gets out a lot of feelings. Let me tell you, there's so many times, especially during my like peak postpartum depression days where I would just dance in the morning and hysterically cry and exercise. This is why I exercise. I don't exercise to look a certain way. I exercise so that I don't want to scream. I hope this episode resonated. Well, I... Part of me doesn't hope it resonated because I hope that you don't feel this way. But if you do feel this way, I hope that it resonated with you. I hope that it was somehow helpful at all. And most importantly, I hope it made you feel less alone because you're not alone. I can tell you that much. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I appreciate feedback, whether it be positive or constructive criticism. You can DM me at Freckled Foodie or at FF and Friends Pod or email Cameron at Freckled Foodie or podcast at freckledfoodie.com. Or if the show really resonated and helped you in any way, feel free to rate and or review. I love you so much and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I love doing this more than anything in the world. If you could be so kind as to rate and or review the show, share a screenshot on your Instagram story, whatever you feel like doing to show some love, I would really appreciate it. Obviously follow at Pod on Instagram and me at Freckled Foodie for more content. Thank you for being a part of the FF fam and I hope you have a wonderful day.